What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Ombra Gaming Podcast, Episode 2. I am Manny, and as always, I'm here with Matt and Steve. What's going on, guys? Nothing much, man. Just uh, had a nice little weekend, so now we're trying to ease for the week. Happy to be here with you fine gentlemen. How about you guys? How you doing? Yeah, same. I'm doing well. I'm excited to get to topics that we have and working from home tomorrow, so that's always great. All right, well, for today's episode, we will be talking about the return of retro, some moves that Nintendo has been making in the industry that has everybody really excited. We'll also be talking about PUBG, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, some changes that we hope to see being made in the game going forward. And we'll be finishing it off with this awesome game that Steve made up. It's called Fake or Flap, where he has compiled a list of failed game ideas as well as some fake failed game ideas that he came up with himself so it'll be up to matt and i to figure out which ones are the fakes and which ones are the actual flops um i'm pretty excited for that one so let's get started steve why don't you take us away with um the return of retro what do you got so i'm actually taking this from there's been a few articles out there but the one i'm using right now is on kotaku.com uh written by brian ashcraft um so he writes after disappearing from store shelves the nes classic is returning next year but that's not all the super nes classic will continue to be shipped through 2018 in japan the super famicom will still get shipped after october and the famicom mini is going back into production hot damn he writes the S- the snes classic excuse me was slated to end shipments this year but more consoles will be released on september 29th for north america the NES Classic will return next summer after being discontinued this spring, and Nintendo will announce more details at a later date. So I'm pretty stoked about this because I, like uh, I'm sure a ton of people out there, missed out on the first NES Classic release. And when they said this past spring that they were basically just going to completely discontinue making them, we're all kind of shocked because why wouldn't they just want to keep yeah. taking everybody's money because it's an easy purchase for not just gamers like us, but I know my dad would want one. I know anybody from my parents' generation who grew up with that type of gaming would probably just look at it for the nostalgia purpose. So we were all kind of shocked when they actually came out and said, you know what, we're done with this. We're not going to produce anymore. So again, I was thinking, here it goes again. We're going to be stuck in the same boat where I missed out on the NES Classic. I really didn't feel like paying 200 bucks for one. I know my brother actually had to wait some guy out on Craigslist who had it posted for like 200 and then a week later, my brother was just like, this is still here, man. How about I give you 120 for it? And he's like, all right, we'll do that. So if you like wait it out, I guess you can do it. But again, if it only costs 60 bucks, that's what I want to pay. Yeah, it's a move I don't totally understand. I mean, it's it's essentially free money. I can't imagine it costs them a lot to make it and release it. I feel like a part of it too is, and I don't know, maybe Steve, you're going to talk about this, like the speed running community feel like they're sure. always playing retro games. Yeah, I was actually just going to bring up how big Twitch and YouTube has become with streaming games. There are a ton of those. I, I remember watching one about a month back where um, I think he did Super Mario 2 in four and a half minutes. It was Jesus. absolutely incredible. Um, so a lot of those people are going to be trying to do that now with the streaming. So why not? appeal to that audience yeah and i think the sort of like uh resurfacing of the retro scene has to do a lot with how current games are being developed like i mentioned in the last episode i I played the dark souls series and now i'm deep in destiny and sometimes i just want a game where i don't have to think that much and that's where especially the retro games come into play because it requires a different kind of thinking i think it's much more timing i think it's much more anticipation rather than like you know trying to figure out what builds you know i should be making so i i just think it, it serves a different need in the gaming community i don't think its purpose has gone away i just think it, it maybe has changed yeah that's um i i agree i always watch i always see um 
people playing and speed running like Mario. My first console was a Sega Genesis, oh, which respect was Sega also Genesis, pretty sure. dope. Lion King game was absurd. It was so good. That one and uh, Battletoads. Yeah. Battletoads is easily the <laughs> hardest game I've ever played in my entire life. It's a complete memory game. But, but before we get, I mean, I can talk about Sega Genesis. We might have to have a whole segment on Sega mm. Genesis someday. Just a flashback segment. So anyway, back to um, how we're talking about the NES and the Super NES. Like the fact that they were even going to be discontinued is baffling just because of the sheer money aspect of it. I know for a fact right now, I mean, we talked already about nostalgia, but more evidence of that is right now there are tons of bars out there who are actually going retro games. There's one right in um, Cambridge behind Roxy's Grilled Cheese. It's like this hidden arcade That's almost fantastic. where you have to kind of know where it is, but it's always packed, but they always serve like the craft beers and they have, you know, Galaga, they have Pac-Man, they have Pinball, they have just about any type of old school arcade game you can imagine. The only problem is it's very cramped. Yeah. So there are going to be people who want to have that retro gaming experience, but they don't really want to go somewhere like that where it's always busy. No matter what time of the day, no matter what day it is, that place is always packed. So they're going to want to be able to sit back, relax, and enjoy those games. So again, you kind of looked at Nintendo and you said, why wouldn't you keep making this? It just seems like a simple business concept. So the fact that they're doing it and actually making more consoles... It really shows that they did listen to the consumers, which is a huge thing. It's it's kind of a win for all of us who missed out on it, and um, it shows that they actually do care what their customers are looking for. So it's a huge plus. Yeah, amount. agreed. And I don't think the retro gaming community has gone anywhere. They've only grown with the industry. Um, you know, you go to conferences and you go to gaming uh, events. You know, you go to PAX, you go to uh, MAGFest here in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, and there's whole chunks of these events. There's days dedicated to the retro gaming community. Um, and there's, you know, there are current video game uh, developers and studios that are building retro games. The industry hasn't gone anywhere. It's just changed a little bit. It's so obvious, and it's and it's just a move that uh, I think makes a lot of sense financially. I, I don't claim to be like a business guy or anything, but there was actually a tweet. Uh, I forget who I saw it from, but it was like uh, bringing back the NES Classic can only mean that Nintendo has finally learned that money equals good. And I think that point is just so painfully obvious to us, and it's one of those sort of like shut up and take my money moments. So I'm glad I'm glad Nintendo is catching up. Um, because they should know what's good for them. So in any case, Matt, why don't you kick off the uh, PUBG segment? Sure. And I've played, I've sunk a lot of hours into PUBG um, in the past like month, which I think a ton of PC gamers, if they own Steam and like first-person shooters, have also done. Um, and Steve's raising the roof right now because I think he heard that it might be coming to console. So that's good news for console users. I heard that as well. Yeah. So it's it's still in early access on Steam, which is pretty incredible because it has it has beaten like the all-time record for daily players wow. of any game. And it's only in early access, which is insane. The previous record holder was, I believe, Dota 2. And that was at like, yeah, that was at like 1.2 million daily um, players, unique players. So that that's like adding like unique new players being added to the game daily? No, playing the game daily. Got it. Yeah. Like concurrent. Okay. Right, right, right. And so PUBG's all-time high was 1.35 million in one day which is like absurd it's an absurd number of players playing that game for sure and and for those who might not be familiar can you actually just sort of run through uh pubg and and just sort of like a big picture what the game is about 
Yeah, sure. PUBG stands for Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. It was actually an Arma mod. Arma was another shooter game that had a big modding community, and this guy, Player Unknown, made this mod, which was basically Battle Royale or Hunger Games, if you are familiar with either of those <laughs> things. Yeah, and it was basically turned into a mod, and so after the mod wasn't that popular in Arma, he decided to make his own game and put it up on early access and so the studio is like five people or something absurd it's like super small and they've sold like 30 million copies or something like that that might be an exaggeration it might be like 10 million copies (laughs) (laughs) yeah allegedly um yeah yeah allegedly and yeah so it's just been really popular um when you play the game there's no like starting equipment or anything you just customize your character based on clothing and then everyone is is dropped from a plane onto this giant island you can pick wherever you want to drop and you basically scrounge for guns and equipment backpack grenades all those things attachments for your guns and then um as play goes on the circle of play gets smaller and smaller and so you have to continually be on the move towards the smaller and smaller circle and obviously as you go you're killing other people or other people are killing you the whole point of the game is to be the last person surviving it's really intense um you can play it in squad mode which is what i usually do with like three other people you just go around my favorite thing to do is drive the cars nice what uh what what's your vehicle of choice uh my vehicle of choice is so i love the motorcycle because it goes the fastest but i'm also really into the boat because nobody's ever on the water so i just drive the (laughs) boat around as if i'm playing an rpg always good to know a guy who has a boat yeah (laughs) yeah i also i I read this article about a guy who won fifteen thousand dollars in a PUBG tournament because he hid in a bathtub and uh was the last guy standing yeah so one of the great (laughs) parts of the game in my opinion is that there's no one way to win the game yeah. You can sneak around and hide the whole time and end up with zero kills, but you win. Um, or you can be like really great at the sort of like, you know, technical side of things in terms of playing map video awareness. games. And yeah, uh, I'm big on map awareness. I'm a big map awareness yeah. guy. As as we referenced last episode, <laughs> Matt is going to Matt's going to be working on his own game called Map Awareness 2K17. Mo map, yeah, the hottest map awareness simulator. Yeah, well, not just map awareness, but like being aware of what's going on around you, because everyone focuses on just like looting and getting loot, yeah. and then they forget that there's like, oh, you know, a car driving by and and people are getting out of it, about to storm the house that you're in. Yeah, but what I was saying is that the the great thing about it is that there's not one way to win the game, so you can play any style you want. And if you do it well enough, you can still end up winning the game, which is pretty cool. So yeah, a lot of games, I think we're used to, oh, well, there's really only one way to beat this boss or there's only right. one way to be good at the PvP in this game. But what's appealing about PUBG is that there's multiple ways to, to win the game. Yeah, and I feel like that sort of element is becoming more and more popular in games that are being released I mean, talking about, you know, Steve's favorite game, like we talked about last episode, um, Metal Gear Solid Five, 
that was one of the first games where I felt so empowered as a player because I could go into a mission and there's a certain degree of hand-holding, but they drop you off at the sidewalk and you have to, you know, metaphorically make your way to the swimming pool, right? You can go in guns blazing, you can go in stealthily, and then if things go wrong, you know, start shooting everybody. But I think that aspect of being empowered as a gamer to approach things the way you want to approach them is a really, really awesome thing. And I think it's becoming super super popular i mean i know it happened in dark souls with you know different builds and and changing up your approach depending on who you're going to be fighting against uh and so i can totally see the appeal of PUBG. so what are some changes that you want that you want to see uh being made for sure and um i was talking about this with some friends too so shout out to them for you know brainstorming these with me shout out friends and the game's in early access so i'm not critical of it i know they're making changes yeah but i think that in order for the game to either break into the real competitive scene in terms of like competitor gaming or just become a better game there's some things they need to change and the biggest one in my opinion is rng um so one thing before you go on i actually just looked it up and it looks like as of september 5th PUBG broke 10 million copies so i think 30 million was a little bit off but anyway yeah just a little bit (laughs) go on (laughs) So I think the biggest thing for me really is in terms of changes that they have to make is the RNG, which um, for those viewers out there that don't know what that stands for, it's random number generator, which is basically um, a term to describe how lucky or unlucky someone is. Um, So it's really just like the randomness of the game. And one of those is the gun drops and the randomness of those. Sometimes you land in an area that normally has great guns and it's got nothing or it has very few of what you're looking for. Sometimes you drop in like a smaller area that maybe doesn't usually have like super strong drops but still should have solid things and it doesn't have anything. And then other times it has something really strong. And I get that they're going for like, oh, change it up, stuff like that. But if you are unlucky and just get bad hand after bad hand after bad hand, you are totally hindered for the rest of the game because other folks are getting gear that's like way 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 better than you are and it's really just the luck of the draw and that i think it it's at a point where it's so much that the game can't be taken seriously competitively it sounds like if you kept getting the short end of the stick you just need to find a bathtub from what i'm hearing (laughs) yeah i wonder what the the rng uh drop rate is for really well hidden bathtubs yeah i mean I think there's one in every house. So it's pretty high. (laughs) Pretty high. Um, And then the other thing in terms of like a a big change that I also think needs to be made, but would actually, I think on the like backend side of it would be pretty easy to change. There is a set amount of time that you have to get to the smaller play area when that spawns. And it is in the form of a blue circle that is shrinking. And so as soon as that blue circle passes you by, you start taking damage. And throughout the game, the speed of that circle increases and it does more damage. And depending on where you drop, you don't know where the field of play is going to end up. It's all random. And so if if I just drop in an area that I, you know, want to explore and get gear at, and then the play area is on the other side of the map, I'm at an inherent disadvantage because my focus shifts from, oh, I can gear up right now to, oh my God, I got to find yeah. a car so that I can 
get over. And so to if that. you're if you're outside of the field of play, you're just taking damage until you die. You you take damage until you fall down, and then once you take more damage, you die after you've fallen down. And so there's times where you drop on the other side of the map, and you have to just travel all the way to the other side of the map to get into the play area. And then once you're in that smaller play area, as it gets smaller and smaller, <laughs> the speed of the circle increases. And actually, as the play area gets smaller and smaller, you have obviously a higher chance to come in contact with other people so there are just tons of times where you're in a firefight and the circle comes and you and the other team die just because, because you're outside, you weren't focused yeah. on getting to the the play area you were focused on trying to kill the other team and so then both teams just end up dead because of the the shrinking play area so i think there's some other tweaks that i would make like some guns are way too strong right now the mini especially and then pistols are just way too weak and they just add nothing to the game so i wish they would tweak those to make them a little bit stronger and to make them viable but yeah th those two ones for me the speed of the the shrinking play area and the randomness of the gun drops are are pretty how big. are the shooting mechanics on that are they are they good like is it if you had a pistol is it completely out of the question that you wouldn't be able to take on someone with say like an assault rifle or something like that i mean you're you're pretty screwed if you're going against someone <laughs> Uh, with an assault rifle and you have a pistol the only time they're viable is that if you drop into a town with another group of people and you just happen to pick up a pistol first then you can kill them if they don't have anything and sometimes you're lucky or sometimes you're just more skilled and the pistol's all you have and you can kill someone but other than that you would like just never have it equipped and it, and it seems like the the changes that you're suggesting aren't totally out of the realm of possibility i think when when games are released there's obviously like a ton of immediate feedback and i think you know the the, the a lot of the feedback comes in the form of you know xyz should be nerfed xyz should be taken out entirely x y and z should be more powerful so i think these are things that video game studios and publishers are used to hearing and i don't think you know successful games and successful studios iterate and build towards the gamers that are playing those games hopefully none of them will not be uh not listening to the feedback um hopefully they're just taking that into account yeah and who knows you know it's still early access so i'm sure they have their own thoughts and ideas to, to fix things and i'm just one of 10 million players exactly. so <laughs> exactly but yeah it's a great game highly recommend it for sure well, Steve and I are looking forward to the day that it comes out on console. Hopefully, it'll be cross-platform. That would be neat. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But, I mean, I'm using a mouse and keyboard, so I'd probably win. Maybe. <laughs> Actually, it's interesting. Uh, I was talking to Steve about this. Matt, do you know what a scuff controller is? I have no idea what a scuff controller is. So, uh, a scuff controller, and this was, new, this was news to me, too, uh, until a friend of mine brought it up to me. A scuff controller is essentially, uh, it's a gaming controller, uh, or, or, you know, like a gamepad, where the buttons that your thumbs would normally hit are actually tucked underneath the parts that your hands hold, so you don't have to move your fingers. Um, so if you can imagine yourself like holding a controller and your pinky, ring finger, and middle finger have buttons right there underneath the controller, like A, B, X, Y, or whatever, or, you know, whatever, triangle, square, uh, X, and circle. And so it lessens the amount of time it takes to move your thumb from the sticks to the buttons. So I don't know, man, even though you're using a keyboard, maybe Steve and I will invest in some scuff controllers. That's going to be a no from me, dog. <laughs> it's going to be a no. I was trying to be tough. You should have just gone with it. <laughs>
No way. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous because it's like when you play um oh what is that game? The Surgeon game. Oh yeah, Surgeon Simulator. Yeah, yeah. Surgeon Simulator. Yeah, it's when you play that. I was playing that an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, where you have to use like every button as like a finger. It's absurd. Yeah, <laughs> I do love that game though. Yeah, I never, I've never succeeded. I straight up murder the first. I've the uh, first patient. I've only completed the heart transplant, uh, the double kidney. That's where I drop off. So I, I was playing it, and my roommate is a nurse, and she's she's looking at it, and we're doing the, the heart transplant, and she's like, "So you're just taking." a a hacksaw to this guy's chest (laughs) it doesn't yeah it doesn't give you a lot of tools nor does it give you a lot of indication on what tools should be used for what i find myself like using the hacksaw on his like intestines and like bashing open his rib cage with a hammer (laughs) it just gives you a hand and a wealth of possibilities yeah (laughs) that's all it is basically now imagine if you were playing that game with a scuff controller yeah then (laughs) You would saw through his intestines even faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the little countdown clock on that game where it's just like, this is how much blood he's yeah, losing. It's like, it's like, I think it's milliliters per second or something like that. Yeah, the saw usually brings the milliliters per second yeah, a little bit it higher. it speeds up the process for sure. And then you just stab him with <laughs> the needle full of adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's fine, he's fine. <laughs> well, awesome. Matt, thanks for your feedback. Yeah, Hopefully course. somebody from the PUBG studios is listening and uh, has taken some notes because they recognize we're pretty high up there in gaming authority. Oh yeah. I'll prep my resume. Yeah. Well with that, ladies and gentlemen, let's kick it over to Steve as our host for this episode of Faker flop. All right. So the first time ever, maybe the last time, who knows it might be so good. We have to retire it or it could be so bad. We have to retire. It. We'll find out. <laughs> That's what it's all about. We'll know in the next half hour. <laughs> we will find out. Ladies and gentlemen, I have compiled a list of 12 video games. Some are fake that I've concocted on my own. And the rest are games that have either been released or they weren't released, but they were actual game ideas at the very least. Some of them are outrageous. You can never think that they're a game. So we're going to test these guys. So I'm going to read the title of each game in a brief description. And then it'll be up to Manny and Matt to vote on whether or not that game is a fake or a flop. And since we have 12, if there's a tie at the end of it, I do have a couple tiebreakers in mind. So we'll see how it goes. And, and just to clarify, so these are failed game ideas or actual games that sold really poorly? It's a mix of both. Okay. There are some in there that never made it to the shelves and there are some that actually made it to the shelves despite tons of people being like you shouldn't make yeah. this game. and then and then a handful that you've made up yourself which in my opinion should be on the shelves <laughs> i don't know i mean once you hear these you might maybe we'll find out <laughs> all right so you guys ready the ready first one ready so this game is called goat simulator goat simulator is an open-ended third-person perspective game in which the player controls a goat The player is free to explore the game's world, a suburban setting, as a goat and jump, run, bash things, and lick objects. Licking objects attaches the goat's tongue to the object and lets the player drag the object around until they let it go. At any time, the player can let the goat drop into ragdoll mode, allowing the game's physics to take over, and another control makes the game run in slow motion. So you guys tell me, is Goat Simulator a fake game? Or a flop. I have played Goat Simulator. I vote real flop. 
I also know of Goat Simulator. It is a flop, but it was pretty popular. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was a flop. I think it actually sold really well. There's probably <laughs> some people out there that are like, I play Goat Simulator every day. <laughs> well, that's why I'm staying true that these game ideas are ridiculous either Hey, man, way. slow motion goats kind of sounds cool. <laughs> well, that, I figured I'd tee it off. Goat Simulator, I felt like, was a pretty well-known right. one. So that way we get it going with just the weird aspect of it. Because let's be real. No one ever expected Goat Simulator simulator to be a real game true. Mm. i want to i want to read a quote from um this is from the cheap seats list that made it probably the majority of people that saw the above video of goat simulator assumed that there was no way this was really a game one of the quotes within the video game begs for it to be released as a real game in truth the game looks like it may actually have been intended as a joke before its launch its developers claimed goat simulator is a small broken and stupid game it was made in a couple of weeks so don't expect a game in the size and scope of gta with goats <laughs> You're better off not expecting anything at all, actually. <laughs> to be completely honest, it would be best if you'd spend your $10 on a hula hoop, a pile of bricks, or maybe a real-life goat. Although, if, if they called it GTA but with goats, it would probably <laughs> sell more. <laughs> I would it's tell you. such if, a good description. If there was a GTA with goats, I would buy it. I would I'd for be, sure buy it. Yeah, I'd be playing it right now. All right, so we're tied up at one. Good game so far, man. Let's go to the next one. Mr. Mosquito. The player controls a mosquito named Mr. Mosquito, the game's titular hero, who has taken up residency in the house of the Yamada family, life-sized humans that serve as the protagonist's food source in the game. The goal of the game is to stock up on blood through the summer so that the mosquito will survive the winter ahead. The player is tasked with sucking blood from specific body parts of the family members without being noticed. If the player is not careful, the human will become stressed and eventually attack. Fake or flop? Oh, man. I... Um, that one's tough. I want to say I've heard of this game, but I think I might be confusing it with a different game. I am going to vote fake. <sighs> God damn it. I'm going to take the bait. I think it's a flop. And the point goes to Matt. Damn. Oh! It's an actual game? Mr. Mosquito. It's a real game. I got another quote. <laughs> Again, this is from the... Uh, the cheat sheet um, website where they did the list on this. There seems to be a trend for games that have you controlling critters are among the weirdest out there. Mr. Mosquito is no exception. In the game, you terrorize a Japanese household waiting for the <laughs> right moment to strike and steal their blood. If the right moment doesn't present itself, sometimes you have to create distractions like flying into a light switch to turn the lights off. If it wasn't weird enough to be a mosquito or go around sucking blood, the game also forces you to enter combat with the folks in the household as they try to smash you. A few well-placed bumps is what it takes to calm them down. <laughs> That's incredible. So Mr. Mosquito, in fact, real game, totally out there. So now we got two to one match. Alright, so let's go to the next one. Don't let this ruin our friendship. Alright. The Cook. You are Ricky Swenson, a stubborn teenager forced into his first summer job as a fry cook for the popular town fast food joint. Don't screw up the orders unless you want to end up in the deep fryer. <laughs> so do we have fake or flop for The Cook? I love that ending because it implies management would put a human in a deep fryer. <laughs> I'm going to say... Um, I'm going to say fake. Uh, I'm also going to say fake. That one was, in fact, fake. <laughs> that was pretty creative. <laughs> what is his name? Ricky Boom. Swenson? Yeah, it was pretty creative. <laughs> Ricky Swenson. <laughs> That's a really convincing cook, like teenager cook name. I figured Ricky Swenson definitely is just a little shitty teenager 
who really needs a stern a stern talking to her from the old man and say, you know what, Ricky, I'm going to make a man out of you this summer. You're going in the Go deep fryer. <laughs> I'm going to place you in the deep fryer, said Grandpa. All right, so we got three to two, Matt. So the next one, plumbers don't wear ties. The game is an adult-oriented romantic comedy graphic adventure dating simulation. The game stars John and Jane, two people who are being pressured by their respective parents to go out and find a spouse. The player's task is to get John and Jane together. Wait, how? Can you read all of that again? Plumbers? No, you okay. gotta. Yeah, you gotta focus the, the first time. Plumbers don't wear ties. That's the name. That's the title of the game. That's the title <laughs> of the game. <laughs> okay. We've entered the romance simulator yeah. genre, which I know is a real thing. Yeah. Matt, I'm gonna let you answer this one first. I can go first if you want. I would like you to go first. We can do that. All right. Uh, I think it's fake. Uh, I know I shouldn't let that influence my decision. But you know that I'm really smart. I'm going to go with... <laughs> I'm going to go with fake as well. I'm going to go with fake. Ah, uh, Manny. Unfortunately, you're no! both wrong. Oh, I'm so mad I let you go first. <laughs> plumbers Don't Wear Ties is a real game. No way. So Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. All right, this was the excerpt from listfirst.com. The 3DO is considered perhaps the worst video game platform ever. This game was the bar for bad, by which all the terrible 3DO games were measured. Most people have never even heard of plumbers. <laughs> They're much luckier than the ones who actually play this game. A sad attempt at a sim game about plumbers trying to woo women. Wow. There That's are some it. bad games out there. All right, so we have... It's still three to two. I was so close to going with flop. How many How many did that we do there? That was four, our yeah. fourth one. So it's still three to two. We have eight more to go. The next one. This game's heating up. Desert Bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This game is very straightforward. You have to drive a bus through the desert from Tucson, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> and in an homage to accuracy, the entire trip is in real time. So it is a minimum of eight hours. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, man. I was going to go with fake. I think I'm going to go with fake as well. Final answer, yeah, uh, double yeah. fake. I'm sticking with fake. You're both, you're both going Wait, fake. Wait, can I change? No, you can't because you're both wrong. No oh, That boy. is a Damn real it. game. So Desert Bus was one of the games I was talking about that never made it to the shelves. It is quite literally a bus driving simulator where you drive at least eight hours no from way. Tucson, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada. There's no scenery. There's no anything. It's just driving through the desert. In real time. <laughs> In real time. Yeah, that's what threw me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would have gone flop had you not added the real time thing because I'm like, that sounds like a tremendous yeah. waste of everything. <laughs> yeah. It's absurd, man. Now I'm starting to think Map Simulator 2017 isn't that bad of an idea. No. It really um, isn't. <laughs> there's a lot of bad ones out there. All right, so... Three to two, Matt, still. Next one. Ink and Toner. The daily nine to five grind takes center stage in this RPG based on climbing the corporate ladder. Navigate your morning commute, satisfy all your clients, and save your company money to rank up and earn promotions. Careful what you search for on your work PC. Your IT crew sees all. That's true. Um, I'm going with flop for that one. I did not anticipate this game to involve so much pressure. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with fake. Manny ties it up. Yeah, it's in fact a fake game God because you, I, I didn't get enough game mechanics. I was like, how do you satisfy all your clients? What are you doing for them? <laughs> <laughs> Don't call it a comeback. So we got, it's three to three. Um, that was number six. So next one. Let's see here. All right. Ink and toner. It's a great name. 
not bad, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, the last one was called Desert Bus. So, yeah, that wasn't bad at all. I figured, yeah. Once we started saying some of the real ones, I might be able to weave those fake ones in and trick some people. So I think it's working out pretty well so far. All right. Try not to giggle at this one. All right. It's just a word, guys. <laughs> I'm already giggling. Seaman. Seaman is a virtual pet, but he doesn't come with instructions. You simply turn the game on and try different things to figure out how to feed and nurture this creature. The only help you get is from the occasional instructions by the narrator, Leonard Nimoy. Soon, you get more seamen to breed with each other and grow into frog creatures. That is, provided you keep the seaman alive long enough to do so, which means checking in on them every day. And I'm sorry, you said the, the narrator was... Leonard ne- Nimoy. <laughs> Nim- n- Nimoy. <laughs> Oh man, Nimoy, Nimoy. Spock. Oh yeah, my so gosh, the voice you of Spock guys. narrated a game called Seaman, where it's essentially aqua pets that you had to keep alive. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with fake, and only because I don't think Nimoy would waste his time on such a game. I'm gonna go with flop because I feel like I might have heard of this before. But I'm not entirely sure, so I might be completely yeah, off. I feel threatened. You can't change your answer, so too bad. Matt takes no. the lead. Oh, yes. It's actually narrated by Nimoy? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> so, yeah, that game, really what it is, there's more to the description that I read. And it's a fish with just a human head. That's incredible. All the game is, is you turn it on, and it's just the fish with the human head staring at That's you. That's terrifying isn't it oh wow i just looked it up and uh i don't recommend yeah, it i'm not gonna do oh it came out for the dreamcast and playstation <laughs> 2 yeah. i i kind of want to play this game now all right so that was number seven matt with a four to three lead also i just want to let everybody know that there are in fact seaman plushy dolls that exist in this world oh that's terrible uh you guys can get me that for christmas deal all right next one Icarus Proudbottom and the Curse of the Chocolate Fountain. Ooh. <laughs> An independent base game following the journey of the titular hero Icarus, who one day discovers that his rear end has become a never-ending torrent of excrement, and he's being flung through the air <laughs> oh. by it at subsonic speeds. <laughs> On his journey, he is joined by a bird who just so happens to be a magical spirit animal and can transform himself into a katana named Blood Destiny, with which Icarus himself can defend against birds, geese, neo-Nazis, and a helicopter piloted by Barack Obama. As much as I would like to think this is a real game, especially after Seaman, I'm going to go fake. Yeah, I'm going with fake too, but boy, I'd play that before I played Seaman. Well... Good news, you can definitely play no. it because it's real. <laughs> yeah, and I'm pretty sure that game, all it is, like, you can play it. I'm pr- I think you can download it for free. That's incredible. And you can just play it. It's Icarus Proud Bottom. <laughs> and, and the curse of the <laughs> of the chocolate fountain. That's amazing. I need this in my life. <laughs> all right, so it's still four to three, and we're going on to the, number nine. All right, number nine, Coupon Crusader. Carol Flanagan just lost her job and needs to find a way to put food on the table for her three kids. Lead Carol through countless coupon books to shave money off your weekly bills. Save enough money, and the stores may be paying you to shop there. I'm going to go with fake. Um, what was the title? Coupon Crusader. Um, could you use that in a sentence? <laughs> Carol Flanagan is the Coupon Crusader. <laughs> um, what's the uh, place of origin? <laughs> the supermarket? <laughs> Oh, man. I'm gonna... You should go flop, Matt. 
Okay, I'll let Manny influence me, even though I think he's wrong, so I'm going to go with fake. You're both right, it's oh, fake. Yes. Yes! So it'll just be 5-4 Matt to Manny. 5-4 you, Matt. This is a game. Yeah. You guys tell me you don't believe Carol Flanagan is a coupon crusader. <laughs> I'm sure wherever Carol is right now, she's a coupon crusader in her own right. There, there, There's definitely a Carol somewhere in the world that is clipping coupons furiously yep. right now. <laughs> All right, we have three left. Okay. Moving on up. Create your own character. To be part of the Squat and Thrust Moving Company, your job is to help suburbanites move their overpriced furniture and belongings from place to place. Do well and maybe you can earn yourself a wholesome $3 tip. Break anything and be prepared to lose your entire career. Oh, man. All of these are very creative. Squat and Thrust. Squat and Thrust. I'll go with flop on that one. I'm going to go with fake. Manny ties it up. Oh, God, baby. No. So we're at five to five. There's two left. This is big. This is huge. Also, I've only tricked Matt on two of my fake games, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. I think that is good. I think I just going to start. I got to start pitching some of these. Yeah, you should. <laughs> All right. Second to last one. Enviro Beaver 2010 stars a bear engaging in some very distracted driving. You control the bear's every movement, but you can only do one thing at a time. You can press the gas to accelerate, but then you have to remove your paw to shift gears and turn the steering wheel. It gets even more complicated when you have to deal with things that fall into your car, like fish, rocks, and hyperactive badgers. And I'm sorry, the name of this game was Enviro Beaver? 2010. Don't forget 2010. Yeah, that's a, that was a good year. Yeah. I'm going to go with Flop. I'm also going with Flop. And we're going tied up into the last one. Wow. Because we both got a point or we're both wrong? No, yeah, because you got it right. Wow. That's a flop. That's a real game. Yeah. All right, last one. All right. Matt, good luck. I'm sweating. Hey, I just want to say, um, as the host for Fake or Flop, you've been great contestants. Um, <laughs> really happy to have you here in my humble abode. Thank you. Just thanks for being so kind and gentle throughout the show. Mm. No, thank you. Now, if one of you doesn't win this, it's over. You're never coming back. <laughs> You're kicked off the show. Just completely gone. All right. The last one. Who's your daddy? The game is a 1v1 asymmetric multiplayer. One player plays the father, moving objects around and keeping an eye on the baby, trying to keep it safe and healthy. The second player is the baby and simply has to do whatever it takes to die. Can you repeat the title? Who's your daddy? Oh, man. I'm going with uh, flop. I'm going with real game flop. Uh, final answer. Yep. Flop. Locked it in. And we have a tie. Boom. Oh, Who, who's your daddy? <laughs> Sounds actually like a really fun game to play one-on-one with somebody. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have something to admit. I've watched it on YouTube. It's hilarious. Oh. So that means you cheated. I didn't cheat. Wow. I just previous knowledge, You're a boys. Cheater. I, previous. I, I can't knowledge. believe that's disgusting. I can't believe these ears. <laughs> Actually, also knew that it existed. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of sly cats over here. Hey, man. You're trying to peg us with the obscure game knowledge. We know. We know. All right. So I got I got one last one for you. We're all tied up. 7-7. Seven, seven. We have to have one last one. So is this a fake game or a truly awful flop? Shuttlecock. You play. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Giggles over here. Sorry. Shuttlecock. You play Olympic athlete Jane Jones, and your job is to take the U.S. badminton team to victory. Don't settle for bronze. We only accept gold. Oh, okay. Shuttlecock. Let's break this down a little bit. So it's a badminton game, and the and the main character's name is Jane Jones. <laughs> uh, that's basically all we got. That's the game. That's what I got. 
<laughs> well, no, you also you can't settle for bronze. I don't know if you heard that part. Because America only accepts gold. <laughs> only accepts gold. I'm gonna go with fake. Um, I'd also go with fake, but I don't know. This is a tiebreaker, so I think it might be a little trickier. Right. So I'm gonna go with flop. Manny. Yes. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. Thank you. I, I used my the last little spot of my brain to come up with a badminton game. I was like, you know, they could have come up with a better name than Jane Jones. But I will say, if this game if this game came out in like the early nineties, I think it would have been totally passable. I'd dabble. I'd dabble. Like if this was on if this was on Game Gear, yeah, I could play yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Or if it was on uh even the Sega Genesis. I bet I bet I would play a, a shuttlecock game. It's actually it's actually coming out for the Switch. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Jane, Jane Jones and her opponent, Susan Summers. <laughs> Isn't that just the woman that was on Step by Step? <laughs> you just took Susan Sarandon and Summers and put oh, them yeah, together. Oh, yeah, Suzanne Summers. She was on Step by Step. She was the mom. <laughs> I would still play it. What was that, man? <laughs> I was singing the theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh keep going no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen well steve thanks for playing with us that was a blast uh matt i'm sorry you lost and hasn't changed uh my view of you yep. we're still partners here and we still got to go to work together tomorrow and we still have to go to work together well folks i hope you enjoyed that game as much as we did we will be back in two weeks we are working on a destiny to review uh, Steve and I will be uh, running that review as the current players of Destiny 2 on the PS4. Um, we'll also have a blog post to go up with it. So keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, I hope everybody has a wonderful week, and we will see you very soon. Bye.